0: Should we just say that we've been busy getting new books out or should we just ignore the fact we've been gone a while? Because I think people might be interested in knowing that I don't no, know we've been doing we've been extended holiday really
1: busy. recess and busyness. Yeah. Yeah. We, took we our, our just... traditional holiday break
0: and um book deadlines. Came it. Up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We're we're recording right now, so we can just put this part. <laughs> Uh, I was genuinely talking about how busy we've been into right. the, into the episode.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> this is our explanation. Welcome back to our book smitten listeners. We are here. We are hopeful, and we are happy that it is twenty twenty three. Um, I'm Kelly J. Baptist, returning at last with my dear pod mates, Patrick Flores Scott, Jack Chang, and Heather Shoemaker. We are here recording our first podcast of the year, and um, we know you've missed us. We've missed you. We've missed each other. And so I hope you are excited to tune in with us as we discuss um, just the highlights from last year's season, particularly with the guests that we had on the pod, amazing guests. And there were some very strong themes that came out, kind of ran through each interview that we did. And I'm going to throw one out there and and just see what the team thinks. I think one theme was patience and perseverance and and just keep at the task with writing can be a very lonely and isolating um, action. We're often by ourselves just plugging away. And then the rejections come. So I think that was a very strong theme that started us off. What do you guys think? Patience and perseverance. That definitely
3: went through, yeah.
0: Yeah, those are things that I think I've heard all through my writing career. And there were some new things. So to me, that was a theme, but it wasn't what was new for me. And one of the things that was new, thinking about picture books, was the theme of music. So several people mentioned Pay attention to the music. I know Sheda Crum did that, and and Whitford Paul, the music of a picture book, and Lisa, yeah, Lisa
3: Wheeler, yeah, she really hit on that as the biggest thing. And she said sometimes, sometimes that music comes in rhyme, and sometimes it doesn't come in rhyme for her. But the but the overarching thing, whether it's rhyme or not, is is hearing that that music. Yeah, I think that's a great one.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think about Anne Whitford Paul's story of getting 12 rejections in, in one day. And how is there a song in that? Like, how is that musical? But I feel like even in that process, um, there are elements of music that are more, um, I won't say depressing, but just a more somber tone. And that could have been the part of her symphony that was more somber. But on the flip side, yeah, her personal symphony. And I think thinking of it in that, in um, that space is pretty encouraging because clearly uh, that did not stop her, and so it should not stop you, the listener, or us as we are in this picture book journey. In terms of that
3: that idea of of uh, sort of the rough side of things, it was interesting to me how many of the authors uh, there were no expectations for a few of them that they would ever be any kind of success. <laughs> In life, let alone publishing all these books, I remember Shudda saying some teacher in high school just said, you better get married fast because because (laughs) you don't have any abilities (laughs) at all. And and it's just, of course that wasn't true, um, but I, I, I think... I don't know, just a few of these people. And same with Juji Morales, where her teachers were just down on her. She was not academic at all, but she did see herself as an artist, even though no one else did. Like she was accused of of um, using other people's drawings and turning them in an art class. And, and um, I just think about the spirit within these folks to just rise above low expectations and just create beauty as later on in their life. Uh, repeatedly.
0: Yeah, I think being a non-illustrator, I was most struck by Darnell because he he expresses him himself through his art, not his visual art, not his writing art. And you know, in school, writing is valued by English teachers and by other academic teachers. So even maybe it's not creative writing, but writing has this this is important from the adult world, but visual art is often pushed to the side as that's kind of frivolous. It's kind of fluffy. And I was truly inspired. What I got out of Darnell's interview was his belief in himself as an artist. And unlike some of those others you mentioned, Patrick, that there were um, family and teachers who saw that in him and supported him. Yeah. And I I always am in awe when that happens. But I'm more in awe for someone when it happens with visual art because as a society we just don't um, help that um flourish so much in young people and I think that's a note to self for all of us if we are coming in contact with
1: people who are wanting to do whatever whether it's art music writing whatever it is your word of encouragement um could be the very thing that helps them to continue and become a Darnell Johnson um he's done work on the new Miles Morales movie that's coming out this year with Sony Pictures you guys know that no you said it in the interview
3: in this house we are <laughs> he... <laughs> so pumped to see that film
1: <laughs> yes he works for Sony Pictures and so um, he had a hand in that in that film that's coming out so imagine if if he didn't have the the strength and endurance or the supportive vo- voices telling him you know this is a career path you're good at it we're gonna support you lessons materials whatever that may be what it was for him so um, our voices are meaningful
3: another thing that struck me about Darnell was just that he's created this line for himself. It's like on this side of the line is art that uplifts people and is positive and makes people feel good. And on the other side of the line is a bunch of stuff I'm not going to do. And, mm -hmm. and I think being conscious of that line for him means that there aren't hard decisions to make. It's like, There might be money tossed his way, but uh, you know what? The decision has already been made. That's on that side of the line. So I don't really have to think about it. I'm over here being successful on this side of the line. And I, I just, uh, I just really love that idea um, that he, he knows who he is. He knows what he wants to do and he's not going to be distracted from it. And look, it's led to success for him.
0: Absolutely. I love that, too. I was struck by that, that he's going to say no to projects that don't match with who he is. And yeah. I think that's important for all all people and artists to do.
3: Yeah, I think so, too.
2: I I also really appreciated the way that Darnell had a similar kind of separation between his vision for himself and serving the vision for whatever work or project that he's working on. I think that's something that is especially difficult as we get into kind of the later stages of of working on our picture books because then we get to like feedback and we get to criticism and i think for a lot of you know apprenticing novelists or storytellers um it's like you're so invested in your in your story that like any kind of you know negative like even constructive criticism feels like an attack on you. You know, you're like, oh, they're like criticizing me. But like the ability to separate, like, no, it's like this is me as a person. This is the work. Yeah. And you know, these people that are reading and evaluating the work at the, at these stages are trying to help me improve the work, right? So, so yeah. So it's I I, th- I really appreciate that Darnell seemed to have you know uh, had that like uh that that line and that ability to kind of separate the two
0: I was thinking of another couple of themes one of them is just how many books how many picture books these people read a week or a day in Betsy Bird's case or mm-hmm. was it she read five picture books every day at lunch um but I think and Joanne who was our guest from the book book Joanna, uh, Joanna sorry mm-hmm. um the bookbug book bookstore that was she reads about 25 or 30 books a week. Um, And again, many people, whether it was Juju or Lisa, who are self-taught with writing picture books, they did it by studying the picture book art themselves. And that, uh, you know, it's obvious. And yet people who (laughs) think they'll sit down and write a a children's book, I think a lot of us don't want to put in that work. We just want to write our bestseller immediately. A friend of mine who is a picture book author and illustrator said she does consultant work. People will put down money and hire her to critique their draft picture book. And she says, when, when's the last time you've read a picture book? And they always talk about one they read 30 years ago, not one that was published in the last five years. She says, you're willing to pay me money, but you're not willing to mm. actually do the work that's required to, to create books
3: the Betsy bird struck me when she's she's written her own picture books. And she said, so all of that work she does reading gets her to a certain level where she knows picture books. She knows structure. She knows how they should look. She knows how many words on a page, like she knows everything. And she says, it's still really hard. It's Mm -hmm. still really hard. So imagine not doing any of that work. Um, and and then going at it it's like doubly difficult but that was a great reminder from her that we're trying to do something that seems like the picture book seems like it should be easy to a lot of people but it's just like a million songs are written but how many of them are great like they're Mm. short there aren't very many words should be easy right
1: yeah but it's
3: impossible to write it's so hard to write that hit song and it's the same with with uh picture books it's short maybe cute (laughs) but not easy um at all so
2: and and i think to sort of put a finer point on that is that reading other picture books and doing doing the work as we say it's not about seeing what's in the market and what the market wants not right it's right. Like, it's a way of studying
3: yeah
2: you know craft. how each yeah studying craft and studying how you know each of these different authors and illustrators have uh, expressed their ideas so that you can find ways of expressing your, your, yourself right it's I, I felt like that was a thread running throughout that like uh, um our conversations that it was about not Ignoring, basically ignoring all that and ignoring, you know, this notion of this is the story that I should be writing and instead focusing on like, you know, what is something that excites me? What is something, a story that is like personal to me and that like, you know, I like almost like can't not tell.
0: Yeah. And for me, the things when I was studying a mentor text that jump out were reminders about craft, such as, okay, the book's not in rhyme, but that doesn't mean you don't play with the words. And and really, because that's, of course, what I love to do, but get that reminder that this is um, you have a whole palette and it does and you can. Indulge that wordplay. And I partly get this inspiration, too, by listening to my 15-year-old teenager who walks around the house and occasionally he'll just pop out with a really favorite picture book line that has stuck with him because it just gets into that kid's soul and it's funny or it's it's um, uh, is something about it that you think, ooh, if I could craft a line like that, that gets a kid 10 years later, repeating it just for fun, that went into their brain, into their heart. Um, it reminds you of, of the power of what the picture book can do.
1: I agree. We're humans, so we, we connect. So if I have a certain thought or feeling and I want to express that in words, there is guaranteed someone else out there who has the same or similar thought and feeling um, and will connect to it when they see it on the page. And I think that's just why it's so important to write the story of your heart, as you said, Jack. And as so many of our guests said, you know, write from the heart. Not, I mean, you're aware of the trends. It's like the rearview mirror; you glance in it, you know, from time to time to be, <laughs> be aware of what's around you. But your main focus is what's ahead of you. And and for us as writers, that's the story that is tugging at our hearts. The story that needs to be told. Um, and that's what we have to, to go with, because there will be an audience, there will be an audience, we're not isolated, we're not alone. We are, we're interconnected in more ways than we think.
0: Yeah. And what you just said makes me think, Kelly, about Joanna. Um, as a bookstore owner, she, she talked about it being an ecosystem. You know, we are connected in the way that an ecosystem is, the kids, the teachers, the librarians, the independent bookstores. It's a community building stories, sharing stories and touching hearts and all that connectedness. I loved her ecosystem idea.
3: I was struck by um, Shada and Lisa, dozens and dozens of books behind them. They could be sort of chill and resting on all of that success, and there's just a like undying like fire and passion to continue creating that <clears throat> that like if it if it's not gone now, it's never gonna be gone. like they're they're addicted to this whole thing. Um, even you know, being a couple generations. Older, like it's just so inspiring to see that they still want to write that thing that connects to kids, they still want to write that thing that connects to their heart and their songs that they want to write like in the in the form of these books so i did that really struck me um that just that passion that will not die,
1: yeah, speaking of Lisa, I wrote one of the things she sat down, if you're not making yourself feel something. You won't make your your readers feel something either. So that piece is is important, and I think that's a great example. You have all of these books, accolades, and 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 things, but you're still pressing um, to pay attention to the craft, to read, um, to produce high quality work. Like there is no resting, (laughs) there is no, no there is no stopping. You know, we're blessed to be able to do this if we wanted to, you know, until we're not here anymore. Um, it's not something you have to retire from. And so with that being said, that means you are always um, preparing, you're always researching, you're aware, and you're doing your due diligence to the craft. And I think there are two excellent examples um, of people who are doing that.
3: And there's there's joy that
1: mm-hmm. you
3: feel coming through. And then there's Gigi Morales, who um, she works so hard and, and she writes these lyrical works and draws lyrical <laughs> uh, poetic images and has won awards and she's been around and she's like, it's getting harder and harder like um, to, to come up with the next new thing. And um, you know, she's gonna do it, but mm-hmm. you feel like, wow, okay, let's honor those times where a great artist is uh, struggling to capture that magic again or struggling to find the time and all the success to do it and um I don't know just seeing those two sides of that like the just unbridled joy and passion and what's the next thing and then somebody saying well I've had all this success and I want to do more but I need to find the energy and the time and I need to get away from the conferences and I need to like just focus on my health and my own work um I don't know I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition
2: and and there's this drive behind that to like keep in improving her art and yeah. improving her craft that I think is like present with you know all of all of our uh, interview guests uh, and it, it's like you know it's yeah it's like I they don't want to rest on their laurels because they want to just like keep growing and evolving and that's that's really admirable.
0: So given all this, where are our picture books at this moment? Our drafts. <laughs> I know we've been all busy working on our novels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um,
1: I I would say mine is where I left it in 2022, so it is excited to be held again um, in this new year. It, it has not been yet, uh, but that that's a great question. I was wondering that from us as well. I know we're not at the end, but are you guys thinking now, even? Towards the future and picture books, is it something that you see a lane or avenue for for yourself since we're going through this process?
0: Yeah. In fact, I have written a second picture book um, recently. I don't know whether that means I'm going to abandon the first one. That can happen. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think I, I prefer to get the first one polished up a bit more. But yeah, I've, I've, I keep getting more ideas and then more first drafts. And then I'll see where they go. But I, I like the form. And I felt challenged by what some of um, people said. Lisa Wheeler and I think uh, Shada Krum also said, if you're a novelist, write the idea um, or the scene in a paragraph and then try to take it down to one sentence. So encapsulate the heart of it. Um, And I'm still in that long mode novelist thinking. And I think I need to do some more exercise in taking the paragraph down to a sentence.
3: How are you doing, Jack?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So my partner, Julie, and I, we've been working uh, off and on on our picture book. And we actually did share it with my literary agent and got some feedback. Nice, Um, nice. So we have some things to work on. Uh, And I think uh, it felt good. Yeah. It felt like a milestone. Um, It was, it was a milestone. Uh, And I I think, I think it sort of feels like similarly with this podcast, we're kind of like turning this corner from, you know, getting, laying down the initial drafts and understanding kind of the basic components of a picture book to really like revising and polishing and sharing with early readers um, I think that's sort of the the turn that we're making in this new year, so um i really- i'm really looking forward to like uh yeah further you know refining it and and seeing where it goes to answer your question, Kelly for me, I think that i i typically don't think about the form as much as like the it, it's sort of like the idea it's, it's about finding the appropriate form for whatever idea I have right,
0: in some cases
2: right. that might be a picture book. In some cases yep. it might be a middle grade novel. Uh, others it might not even be like a book, you know, I, I think there it's, yeah, it's about like finding, yeah, the best expression of whatever creative idea I'm excited about.
1: I like that.
3: I'm inspired by that idea. Cause I feel like um, there's just an assumption that y- that you make after a while and that your agent and editor make after a while that you're going to crank out another YA and you're like, wait, it was sort of random that I wrote one to begin with. Like I'm on this track. (laughs) Why am I on this track? Why am I doing this? And I've I've enjoyed writing books and I feel like I've had the success, but at the same time, it's like, there's so many other creative avenues to explore that excite me. So I I like, I really like that idea. I'm going to actually write that down.
2: One thing that makes me more confident in doing that is because I think whatever I'm trying to do there's there's like precedent for it there you know in the case of picture books right, we have all these amazing authors and illustrators who've like walked the path before or walked a similar path and so we know it's humanly possible right it's like right. people can do it people do do it and so we can learn from them um and I I think that's something that makes me feel a little more okay and more more excited to actually explore new forms that I haven't explored before.
3: In terms of my picture book, um I I've been in this really intense novel writing uh process. Um and the book is like intense and it's emotional and all these things and I I had a um moment walking uh our new rescue beagle Aww. one day that inspired a picture book idea that's just super silly. Like the silliest possible book I could uh, come up with, I think. And it's just made me think, you know what? I need to go in this other direction. So um, 2000, uh, the year uh, 2023 means kind of I'm taking a new stab at a picture book for the Booksmitten Challenge. Um, so I'm starting from behind at this point, but I'm really excited to do something just extremely silly, um, to, uh, to balance out the novel I've been working (laughs) on. Yes,
0: that's fantastic.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if anyone is ever wanting to know where you get your ideas, walk a dog, even if you don't have a dog, (laughs) even if you don't have the rescue beagle, walk the dog. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Got to just knock on a neighbor's door with a dog and just say, can I fuck like your
2: dog today?
0: <laughs> then you have yeah, two businesses at once going. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so maybe to kind of wrap up, uh, I have a question for you all. What What are you looking forward to in this new new part of the season or new year In terms of in terms of picture books or in terms of anything else?
1: Hmm. I'm actually excited by picture books and um, I want to focus more of the year on that. Yes. I think we're all kind of novel heavy and and that's the majority of, of the work we're doing, but I wish I could just kind of put a pause on all of that and, and say for the rest of the year, I'm doing picture books. I want to work on picture books. And to a certain extent, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm excited by it. I think, Patrick, to your point, um, editors might try to box you in to, to one thing. Like I've I've kind of experienced that. Well, no, your sweet spot is middle grade, so you know that's that's where we are. Um, and to your point, Jack, if the character of my heart that I'm feeling is 16, then that's what I'm going to write. And if that character is six, that's what I'm going to write. If the character is 60, I'm going to do that too. And I don't mm. want there. I don't want there to be any boundaries on what I can or cannot write. No space that I could not enter. You know that has to do with writing. And so, just preparing myself, doing the work, um, because I think you have to, in order to to want to be to be that. So if I want to write write a screenplay, I need to be reading scripts. And if I want to write a picture book, I need to be reading. Picture books. So that's my goal for the rest of the year, something I'm interested in and excited about, um, to focus on some things that are outside of what I've done.
0: Well, we want you to go into all those spaces yeah. too, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so go. Yes, yes. And I feel I'm sort of in that same position this year. I've got a foot in young adult, which is a... Uh, novel I have on submission. I have a foot in middle grade, which is the current novel I'm writing. And I have a foot in the picture books where I keep getting new ideas and working on drafts of them. So I'm really intrigued with the idea of being able to go to a school and they'll say, what ages do you work with? And I say, whatever ages you have. Mm. Yep.
3: (laughs) How about you, Patrick? 2023. In terms of book smitten uh, challenge, I am, I need to get this draft written, but I'm excited about sharing getting feedback um I mean that's super scary for me but it's also means you're it's always a huge leap forward after I get feedback like there are new ideas that flow and responding to somebody who looks at my stuff and like um responding to their criticisms and their and their compliments even like I'm I'm just excited to move on to to that uh portion of the of the picture book challenge that we're working
0: on Hmm. and jack you posed the question so do you have an answer
2: (laughs) yeah i think so right now you know my writing related attention is focused on uh finishing this picture book for for the book spin challenge uh but i also just turned in like the final final work on my novel that's coming out later my middle grade novel that's coming out later this year and i feel like i finally have the the mental space to actually you know be, be starting a new book project um in addition to the picture book so i don't know what that looks like yet i have a couple hunches but i think there'll be a yeah there'll be a process of just observing and paying attention to see which direction my heart is is angled toward?
0: Well, it's good to be back together and to it be always. with all of you. you
1: always, yes. Mm. Nice.
3: Uh, it's nice that there are books coming out of this crew in the next couple months, next few yeah. months. Yeah, Kelly, can you tell us just just uh,
2: a yeah. title, yeah. a little Speaking bit about, about books. your book that's coming out <laughs> <Yeah>. next month? <laughs>
3: Hooray!
1: Next month. So that's like 15 days when, when I think about it, because I'm still thinking March is far, far away. But March 14th. Um, my first novel in verse, which is a middle grade uh, called ebb and flow. And it's about two kids, a boy and a girl who get into a fight at school and they do get a suspension. And what are they doing over that suspension? What are they thinking, feeling, what are they plotting, planning um, for their return back to school? And it just kind of shows their parallel and interconnecting lives. I really like interconnection. Mm. Like I've been into that um, recently. So I explore a lot of it in that title. I'm very excited about it.
3: Woo! Very
2: cool, exciting, yeah. awesome.
0: Congratulations! <laughs> thank you, yeah. thank you. Uh,
2: I actually, I, I just thought of a shout out. Uh, so it's to our podmate Patrick, who, with whom I will be co co hosting a um uh in uh, a workshop at the SCBWI. Michigan one-day conference in April.
3: I think we're we've uh, been referred to as faculty.
2: Oh, we're faculty. You are okay. faculty. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. you
1: are.
3: <laughs>
2: we're faculty. Yeah, so we're we're uh kind of co-leading the novel writing track for that conference. It'll be like a one-day intensive split between three parts. Uh the first couple will will be doing a lot of kind of visioning and dreaming about, you know, who, who we see ourselves as writers and, and what, what our dreams are for our book project. And then in the longer third session, we'll be getting more hands-on with uh, a rev- rev- oh, revision workshop
0: and for those who want to go to that conference and take that amazing novel writing workshop from Jack and Patrick then afterwards they can do a critique with me or with several other authors who are going mm-hmm. to offer critiques so that's kind of cool too and if you don't live nearby Michigan but you're listening there's likely a SCBWI conference um in your state or in your country even because it's an international organization so go check out what your um Resources are. And if you live near Michigan, come on over.
1: Yeah, make the drive. Yeah. It'll be worth it. You guys will be in for a treat with these two guys. So even if it's six hours away, you can do that. It's just worth
0: it.
2: <laughs> 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 come on over to
1: Michigan. Our weather should be uh, getting itself together by then, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. uh, although that is April Fool's Day, isn't it? So <laughs> 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 yeah, excited about that for you guys for sure.
2: Mm. And uh, we'll be sure to put a link to the conference registration page in the show notes. Okay, so I think that does it for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening to Booksmitten. This podcast is produced by Josie and Corey Schneider. Music by Duck Duck Chicken. Uh, if you enjoy listening, please rate and share on Apple Podcasts or whatever wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, tell your aspiring picture picture book writer friends about us, and uh, they can go back and you know listen to all these amazing interviews and other episodes that we've uh, done so far in the season. Uh, we are on Twitter. Um, we've been using the hashtag Booksmitten Challenge, and you can also follow us at Booksmitten For emails, for questions and comments, you can reach us at hello at booksmitten.us. And this is Jack Chang here with Patrick Fleur Scott, Kelly J. Baptist, and Heather Shoemaker. We will see you on the picture book bookshelf. Yay. See ya. Yeah. Bye. 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 bye.